This is The Jerry Callahan Show. I have an idea. How about we make every day bring your kids to work days? Therefore, uh, that way, our President Joe Biden could actually get grilled by somebody. He'd get actual questions that weren't scripted in advance. I will say this every week is an embarrassing week for the uh, mainstream media, particularly the Washington press corps, which is there to help Joe Biden make it through the day. Uh, I would say this week could have been the most embarrassing week. We, as we know from uh, two days ago, uh, Joe Biden uh, held a little press conference, hadn't done one in months and months and months, but he stood up there with the head of uh, the leader of South Korea and he uh, took questions they were pre-planned, scripted. The media, uh, I, I shouldn't call them the media, the, uh, the Democrat operatives with press passes submitted their questions in advance. And Joe Biden had them written on a note card, inclu- which included a picture and then the name of the reporters he was supposed to call on who submitted their questions. And he knew what they were going to ask. He still struggled. It was humiliating. It remains humiliating. We had Corinne Jean-Pierre defending this yesterday saying, Oh, that's normal. That's, you know, we do that all the time, which uh, I guess is true. They do it all the time. They coordinate with the alleged journalists uh, and, and, and figure out what they're going to ask in advance just to make it a little easier on dementia. Joe yesterday was a different deal. Yesterday was Joe Biden's favorite day at the White House, bring your kids to work day. He was surrounded by children, I don't know, young kids, real young kids, six, seven, eight-year-old kids. He asked one young girl if she wanted to come into the White House with him. And this girl, she's too smart. She said, no, not me. And she declined his offer. But he was asked uh, a bunch of questions. He struggled as usual uh, because these were not planned. They were not scripted. And it was humiliating. And uh, it, it just, it raised the question again, how is he going to do another, how is he going to do a year and a half campaigning for re-election? It seems impossible. Um, but uh, we can get to some of these questions because it's just so uncomfortable listening to this man in the throes of dementia, confused as always, trying to answer questions from first graders. Uh, we'll get to that. We got we got so much to get to on this Friday. I don't know how I'm going to jam this all into uh, 53 minutes, Ironhead. It's going to be it's tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. You know what? We need a button under the desk here so you can press it, and 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 then I'll know it's not my turn to talk. Can <laughs> we do that? <laughs> uh, it, that's that is a, a real thing on a real podcast from a real right wing podcaster. Stephen Crowder, or at least today, Stephen Crowder is a right-wing podcaster. Tomorrow, I'm not so sure. We will, we'll get to that too. It is, it is, um, it, uh, Ironhead sent this to me yesterday. It was a podcast. It is a podcast from Candace Owen. It is the most incredible, brutal, vicious takedown of a human being I have ever heard. I don't think I'm overselling it. It, it is just, something to behold. She, Stephen Crowder is a troubled man. If you don't know who he is, he's a very popular right-wing conservative podcaster. 
and uh, performer. He does stand up. He was with the Blaze until last fall. He left the Blaze. He was going to go to uh, Daily Wire, but then he recorded a phone call from the Daily Wire head, Jeremy Boring, and uh, they were allegedly friends. But he records the call, plays it on his show, just a total slimy move. And now we're finding out more and more about what an absolute piece of garbage Steven Crowder is. And um, the sound we're going to play, the, the sound from Candace Owen and from the ring doorbell cam or whatever it is, the home security camera from Crowder's home. Now, some people are saying, oh, this isn't right. This isn't fair to go into the personal life of this guy. But I think it is because he makes, he made the, he's getting divorced. We're going to show you how he treats his eight month pregnant wife. And uh, he, he made the divorce part of his show. He made the uh, heart surgery that he allegedly uh, went, that he uh, underwent part of his show. Hell, he made a documentary about his heart surgery. It turns out to be a lie. He missed the, the whole, birth the of his kids is a lie. Yeah. He missed the birth of his kids because of an elective surgery. Missed, that's true. Missed the birth of his kids for an elective cosmetic surgery. But you're not going to believe this. This, this, this just expose that Candace Owen does. And it's in response to Steven Crowder accusing her of blackmailing him, which was bizarre. But I'm telling you, you want to see a, uh, you want to see revenge. This is something, this is something I've never seen before. Just, she's got video, she's got audio, she's got, it just, it just beyond, we'll, we'll get to it. It is, it is just incredible. I honestly, I, I'm, you know, pretty, I, I try to keep up on these things. I try to follow the news, particularly in the, in the media business. I've never seen anything like it. It just, it, it's, it's incredible. Uh, we'll get to Howie Hampton's talking about Tucker Carlson. And as usual, it is so, it is pathetic. Howie Hampton's is a sad, pathetic old man. And it's hard to believe he used to be the king of all media. Now he's just a sad little stooge. It's really pathetic. Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, she's, she, I'm, I'm sorry. He's back. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to break the law, Ironhead. I'm going to call Dylan Mulvaney, who's a 26-year-old man. I'm going to call him a man. That is something Dylan Mulvaney would like to see outlawed. He, he doesn't, he wants people arrested for telling the truth. I'll just say to Dylan, you might've gotten away with that, you know, eight, 10 months ago before uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter. Cause it sort of was treated like a crime. When you told the truth about people, when you properly accurately gendered them, uh, Dylan wants to make it uh, uh, illegal. And we, man, we, we got a lot today. We got, we got a, a great takedown from a CNN guy who goes at Randy Weingarten, the corrupt head of the teachers union. It's something I, you would never thought you'd see on CNN. And we can do our little uh, draft recap. The NFL draft is just an amazing show. I say this every year, but I'm flipping around watching a little NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs that those, ga th those games are good. They're tense. They're, they're, you know, th they're entertaining. The draft is better. <laughs> no. Just the draft 
is become this phenomenon. And it's not, you know, the Super Bowl or the AFC title game, but it's an amazing production. And just watching somebody who's expecting to get drafted in the first round, and we got one of those guys who has to sit there for hours and wait and 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 not get drafted is just great theater. And I hate to say, because I hate Roger Goodell, but man, the NFL knows how to put on a show, and they did it again last night. But we got to start with uh, our part-time president uh, who made an appearance in the Rose Garden with a bunch of kids. And again, he's, he's in his glory. I didn't see him quite lean in for a sniff, but I'm guessing he did because the kids were all around him and he can't help himself. When he's around little kids, he's just so, so excited. He just, he just loves you know, just getting close to the kids and, you know, and, and he, he would prefer this to meeting with adults or meeting with the media or world leaders any day of the week. Uh, I'll bet you he said when it was over, can we have another take your kids to work day tomorrow? How about, <laughs> how about we do this every day? He was so happy, but I want to mention this before we get to the uh, sound of uh, Joe Biden with all the little children. This is from uh, a guy from Axios. He's the CEO of Axios. And he tweets this out this morning He with the little uh, uh, right, uh, the red, you know, siren lights, like it's a big deal, breaking news. He writes, some White House officials say it's difficult to schedule public or private events with the president in the morning, in the evening, or on weekends. <laughs> the vast majority of Biden's public events happen on weekdays between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. That's the limit they're, they're, they're dealing with. He's the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, and a candidate for president in 2024. The, the, the campaign has begun. He announced his, uh, his candidacy for re-election this week in a prepackaged video, has not made an appearance other than this one in the row. And... He's going to be running for the next uh, 19, 20 months or 18 months. Then he hopes to be president for the next four years, which would be almost six more years. And the White House officials can't schedule anything before 10 a.m. or after 4 p.m. <laughs> or on weekends. He is, I mean, he, he keeps bankers hours. I assume it's Friday right now that he's already on the way to the beach in Delaware, which is what he does every week, spends more time at his beach house, his mansion on the ocean than he does in the White House. But I guess this was after 10 a.m. and before P before four yesterday. So they were able to hold this event with all these little children. Um, he threw it open to questions and it was just, it was just comical. Uh, there's a couple, we, we have a few of the, uh, questions and the answers, but there were some that were just amazing. He was asked who he's rooting for in the NHL playoffs. And he said, the Philadelphia Flyers who are not in the NHL playoffs. No, That's not. no surprise. He was asked his favorite movie and he couldn't tell you the name of it. He said, you know, that one with the pilot, you know, I think he said like that one with Tom Cruise in the airplane. <laughs> he couldn't think of the word top gun. <laughs> the oh, words. Top Gun. That's his favorite movie. He just doesn't know the name of it. But 
that's just, you know, those are just a couple of examples. My favorite, and we'll get to the grandkids because, you know, I'm obsessed with this. I'm obsessed with the character of a man who denies the existence of one of his own grandchildren. That tells you all, in my opinion, that tells you all you need to know about the man. That's the kind of human being he is. Still denying the existence of Navy Roberts, four-year-old Navy Roberts, his youngest granddaughter. He pretends, even with other children, that she doesn't exist because her mother is a former stripper and her father is a worthless crackhead. Her grandfather pretends she was never born. What a despicable human being. Anyway, uh, (laughs) the most incredible non-answer was when the girl, one of the little girls said, where did you travel to last? Like, where's the last place you traveled to? Now, everybody, if you're just paying a little bit of attention to the president and politics and news, you know, a week ago, a little more than a week ago, He was in Ireland. It was kind of a big deal. He brought Hunter. Hunter was probably making business deals. And he, you know, made appearances with that little leprechaun, the president of Ireland. And it was, you know, on, it was on all the news. It was on the news. It was in all the papers. He couldn't remember the last place he traveled to. How is that possible? How is it possible that you could go to Ireland uh, 10 days ago? And not remember. <laughs> I don't care if you're 80. I don't care if you're a little scatterbrained. How do you not remember traveling to Ireland last week? It was a life-changing it's, trip, too, he says. That's true. He went and explored his roots and met his family and where he was from. And it was a and by the way, all the Democrats and the media keep pointing out that he was uh, received like a rock star. They love him in Ireland. He just doesn't remember going there. I, I, I was blown away by this, that you couldn't remember what you did last week. By the way, they also asked him what he had for breakfast. See, I thought, you know what the nice thing was that they let the LA Times reporter that we talked about yesterday, they, they let her into this gaggle because she got the big question. What did you have for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this was pre-planned. But he answered. He said he had scrambled egg sandwich or something. He actually knew what he had for breakfast. He just didn't know where he was last week. But uh, let's listen to this question and this non-answer. By the way, a little girl has to tell him where he was last week. <laughs> Go ahead, Ironhead, play it. So far. So uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last, where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um I was, I mean, yeah, you're right, Ireland. That's where it was. How'd you know that? (laughs) That was a serious question, too. (laughs) How did you know that? That girl sounds like she's about five. She's a little toddler, a little first grader, and she has to tell him where he was last week. Now, obviously, we know the guy's not there anymore. We know his brain is shut. But can you imagine if this is Donald Trump? Do you think maybe Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Meyers and Saturday Night Live might have some fun with that? The president who doesn't know where he was last week and a six-year-old has to tell him. Uh, but uh, that that's just 
you know, that's laughable. That's comical. Uh, again, these kids wanted to know about his grandkids and he talked about his grandkids and wanted to, to he wanted everyone to know what a doting grandfather he is and how he, um, you know, knows all their names. He says he talks to all his grandkids every day. Okay. I'm going to do a quick fact check here. That's not true. One of his grandkids, again, lives in Arkansas. Her mother is going to court as we speak. Her scumbag father has to appear in court next week because he doesn't want to pay child support. He's made millions, tens of millions uh, overseas selling access to his father, and he doesn't want to support his own child. That's the kind of family which uh, occupies the White House right now. And he wants to go through every grandkid and tell you how much he knows about them. And again, if this were Trump, not even Trump, if it were Bush, if it were Mitt Romney, people would be putting the media. Now, again, there's really no media unless you count Peter Ducey. The media is there to protect him, to help him. So they won't mention this. But this is the character of the man. Tells you how much he loves his grandkids, tells you how much he knows about them, talks about them and will not acknowledge the existence of his youngest granddaughter. But let's listen to him stumble and bumble through this, try to impress everyone with how much he loves his grandkids. Oh, he doesn't know. He won't tell you how many he has, or actually he does, he lies. Says he has six, he actually has seven. But let's listen to the doting old granddad talk about them. Go ahead. I have six grandchildren, and I'm crazy about them. And I speak to them every single day. Not a joke. Matter of fact, I just got finished going through the calls, and uh, only one of them answered the phone. Uh, but at least I got to leave a message. And my oldest granddaughter is named after one of my daughters who I lost in an accident a long time ago, and her name is Naomi. And then I have number two, I have... Uh, a daughter who works in the environmental movement, and her name is Finnegan, and named after my mom. And number three, my granddaughter, I call her my all-American girl. She was a great little athlete, and she's about to graduate from college in about two weeks. And, and her name, her name is, she's, every, the, the nickname <laughs> we call her is Maisie. <laughs> And then I have two other, a granddaughter who I just spoke to, did get to speak to, and her name is Natalie, and she is a senior in high school, about to graduate and go off to college where her daddy went to school. And then I have a grandson who's going to be a senior in high school. And then now I have a new, a new baby boy, and he's three and a half years old, and his daddy named him after his brother, my deceased son, and he's Bo Biden. So and guess what? They're crazy about me. Oh, God, what a just horrible human being. Uh, a new one, three and a half year old. What about the four and a half year old Joe? What about Navy Roberts? who wants to change her name or uh, her mother wants to change her name to Biden. Cause we know that name, you can sell that name. She wants the kid to have a, a, a good life, even though her uh, father ignores her, her grandfather ignores her, her grandmother ignores her. They don't put a stocking up at Christmas. They don't acknowledge she exists. 
I'm telling you, you could say that's private or whatever. That is a look into the character, a glimpse into the character of the man. I don't know anybody. I know some some people who you know aren't really good quality human beings. I don't know anybody who would do that to a child, who would ignore the child, who would not acknowledge the child just because the child was born out of wedlock with a, and her mother was a stripper and her father is a scumbag crackhead. Just the, the, these, this is a trash family who is occupying the white house for the next uh, 21 months. But uh, that was Joe in all his glory. And I guess he was fairly lucid because it was between 10 and four. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, how do you, <laughs> I still can't get over the fact that he doesn't know where he was a week ago <laughs> and the kid had to remind him, but that was Joe one week ago. I mean, uh, Joe yesterday, I assume off to the beach today, nothing, you know, nothing planned, no big deal. Uh, and next week, Hunter is expected to appear in court. And at that point, Hunter will see, we think, his grand, his own daughter for the first time. At that point, is Joe going to acknowledge that he has a young granddaughter? She's a beautiful little girl, too. How hard is it to say, yeah, I got a four and a half year old Navy. She lives in Arkansas. How hard is that? He's just such a cruel old man. But I don't want to waste too much time on this. We got so much to get to. We have to get to the Candace Owen uh, video, uh, audio, the podcast, where she absolutely disembowels Steven Crowder. And I know I don't think I'm overselling this. I have never heard, seen a beatdown, a takedown like this. Um, uh, it, it is just merciless. And I don't think Steven Crowder will ever recover from this. It is just so damaging. It's just such a, a revealing look at the man. I know it's, it's private, it's personal, but again, Crowder makes everything part of his show, part of his, his act. He's the one that, that talked about his divorce. He's the one that talked about his surgery, his heart surgery. And uh, Candace Owen is just, you know, fact-checking. She's correcting the record and telling you about the real Steven Crowder. And it is just brutal. We'll get to uh, Dylan Mulvaney, too, who wants me arrested because I'm telling the truth. Um, that's and, and by the way, we get the latest on Bud Light. It is working. It is, it is devastating. Uh, the, the boycott, the action that people are taking against Bud Light is having a real effect. I don't think you're going to see Dylan in the bubble bath with the Bud Light ever again. And we will do uh, comments and questions. We got that set up here, Ironhead. Let me see. Yep. Working on it. There we go. Send in uh, any questions, particularly about the news of the week, things we've been talking about this week. And we will get to that before we wrap this up today. But first, a recession-proof investment without compromise. European American Armory Corp. or EAA Corp. has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp. has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full-size in three popular calibers. First-time gun 
tolerant, no problem. EAA Corp, all in one nine millimeter MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package, ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12 gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. All right, before we get to uh, Candace Owen, man, I'm building this up. uh, And I think, I don't think I'm overstating it. A couple quick things. The manifesto reportedly is going to be released finally more than a month after the trans terrorist killed six people in the Covenant School, including three nine-year-old children. Here's the day. If I, I, I know there, there are people, the FBI, uh, in, people in the federal government who don't want it to see the light of day. I think today is when it gets released, like at six o'clock tonight. This is a good news dump day. Nice spring weekend. Lots going on. You know, NFL draft, playoffs, all kinds of news. I think they dump it today. And by all accounts, it will be devastating. Um, this, 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 this woman, Audrey Hale had uh, dozens of notebooks filled with notes and, and, and her thoughts. She had five laptops. <laughs> she had, she kept meticulous records. Her thoughts, her, her, her plans are all there. When this gets released, it's not going to go good for the trans go well for the trans mob and their enablers in the Democrat Party in the media. I'm sure they will downplay it, but this is going to be incredible when they finally release it. Hopefully today, but against the wishes of the FBI, who's you know there to serve the trans mob. Uh, but uh, we will see. That's going to be wild. Anyway. Uh, let me do Howie Hamptons before we get to, uh, before we get to Candace Owen. Uh, we've talked about this many times. There's nothing sadder than the downfall, than the sellout Howard Stern. If you're too young to remember, he was the greatest. I mean, he was just wild in his heyday, must listen. He was the ultimate, uh, 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 contrarian iconoclast. He took on the establishment he got in good trouble every day. I mean, if he were still the guy he used to be, he'd be going at Biden every day. He would have been taking on, you know, the the you know Fauci and Walensky and the whole COVID, you know, the the, the whole COVID machine. He'd be ranting against you know lockdowns, even though he's a germaphobe. I mean, he would have been going after big government and big tech. He sold out completely, as we mentioned before, uh, you know, long ago. He's now a, just a, you know, a, an establishment tool. Um, he did it for a reason because he knows he has a lot of stuff in his closet. There's literally video of him out there in blackface, audio of him using the N-word over and over again. If he did take on the establishment, the state, He'd have been canceled a long time ago. So, I mean, he is a pathetic sellout, but I understand he's making whatever it is, $100 million. He would have been enemy number one if he stuck to his guns and he was still the kind of man he used to be. So like Jimmy Kimmel, uh, 
like, uh, you know, others in the media, um, he decided to play it safe and become an establishment stooge. And it's, you know, he's still, still got a job. He's still on serious. He's still making a hundred million dollars a year. All he had to do was, was give up his dignity. And it's really sad to see. He talked about Tucker this week and Tucker, what, what Tucker's going through is kind of, I mean, it's all, it's different. Tucker's, uh, you know, a mainstream media personality and a political pundit. Howard was a, a wild man on FM radio and then on Sirius. But the old Howard would have appreciated the fact that the powers that be lined up against Tucker. He challenged them, the Pentagon, you know, the, the, the political establishment, big tech, big pharma. Tucker took them all on and they worked hard to get him fired and they succeeded. Now, Tucker will be back as we've talked about and it'll be, it'll be epic when he returns in some form. But Howard thinks Tucker should have just shut his mouth and played along because, you know, he had a good job and the Murdochs have a lot of money and power and, and uh, he should have just been a good little, good little puppy like, like how he is now. Uh, it, it's really sad. And I think, you know, most young people, I don't know. Do you, do you remember how, it, how he, uh, in his um, heyday, Ironhead? Uh, when I was growing up, I, I used to watch him on like E channel and stuff mostly when I would catch him. I mean, he was, he was the best and he took chances and he went to those dangerous places and he got in trouble and advertisers ran from him. He was the exact opposite of what he is now. Now he's the guy who sits with Hillary Clinton and giggles or, you know, puts on whatever Rosie O'Donnell or goes on vacation with Jennifer Aniston. He's just a complete sellout. And it's again, sad to see this is how he, this week, talking about Tucker and not saying good for him. He stood up to the man and he, and he paid with his job and, and he took a risk and it cost him, uh, maybe it'll end up costing him money, took a risk. They got rid of him because he was a threat to the establishment. That used to be Howard Stern. And now Howie Hampton sounds like he should be sitting with the view, you know, doing the shanana. Hey, Hey, goodbye. Cause Tucker got fired. But, uh, Let's listen to this sad old man. Like if you work for Rupert Murdoch, you know that has got so many billions that as important as Tucker Carlson might be to the Fox network, he will fire your if you're a pain in the because at the end of the day, you are a fly on his You're nothing because he's still going to have billions upon billions upon billions of dollars and own own a giant corporation. And, you know, you cannot, you can only push them so far. Now, I'm a guy who's pushed, like when I was in NBC, I pushed management pretty far, but I didn't care. I was like, you know what, them, let them fire me. Which was probably arrogant and stupid. Not probably, very arrogant and stupid. But one thing I know, like, I know who owns Sirius XM. I know who the guy is on top. And that guy owns, like, I think he owns entire states in the United States. <laughs> he doesn't need me. Funny. I'm here at his, uh, what do they call that, Robin? I'm here at his Oh, God, what is service. the term? Service. Back, like, and call. Back and call. Back and call. Thank you, yeah. yeah. 
I'm here at his pleasure. I'm here at his behest. <clears throat> you know, I know at the end of the day, my man is my master. And I like working at Sirius XM. So, you know, I could bust balls, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I'm worthless. He, he did he just say he's my master? Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. I'm just looking at how he's uh, biography here. He's almost, he's 69, turns 70 next year. Net worth, 650 million. And he says, the guy who owns Sirius is my master. I, again, if you're too young, this is the exact opposite of what made Howard Stern the legend, what made him the king of all media, which made him, which made him, what made him beloved, particularly with young men, target audience. They loved him. Now he's going on there criticizing Tucker for stepping out of line and not acknowledging that Rupert Murdoch is his master. <laughs> that is just sad. That is one of the saddest things I think I've ever heard. He's, he's 650 million. It's not enough. It's not enough. He, he wants to continue to make money and sell his soul, sell his dignity, his pride. God, is that pathetic. Should lo we love to hear what Artie Lang has to say about this today. Let's get him on the line, Ironhead. I mean, the, the guy he used to be, the guy who, you know, would sit there with, with, with as, as, as Artie Lang said, the Pelican. in the old days, they would be making fun of James Corden like relentlessly. Now, how he wants to sit in the car with him and sing songs. <laughs> he just had him on, I think, too. Did he really? I oh, think so. God. It's just so sad. I mean, you just don't know what what a legend he used to be. That is just oh, so disappointing. But all right, speaking of legends, let's get to Dylan Mulvaney. Let's break the law today, Ironhead. Let's talk about this guy, this annoying little punk, Dylan Mulvaney. I mean, he's not quite in Howie Hampton's point yet, but he's worth millions now. He's 26 years old. He's a gay guy who decided a year ago to be a girl. He made a whole big production on Instagram every day, another day of girlhood. When he reached 365 days of girlhood, by the way, not womanhood, girlhood, because Dylan likes to pretend he's a six-year-old girl. I mean, he's a, he's a strange, weird little man. And yet corporate America just elevated him to icon status at the age of 26. Bud Light, obviously, is the most infamous uh, partnership he's established, but he's got a whole list of corporate clients, including women's stuff, women's clothing, Kate Spade, Tampax. He's getting rich mocking women, doing this minstrel show. This, this women's minstrel show is what it is. He's annoying, he's, he's fake. Um, Dylan is upset because Bud Light, because of the blowback against Bud Light, which kind of put him in the eye of the storm. And he's not used to that. He's used to being celebrated. He's used to celebrities literally falling to their knees to worship him, which is what, uh, what's her face did? Uh, who's the, who's Drew the, Barrymore, Drew Barrymore, talked to her knees, Joe Biden, the part-time president, the leader of the free world, gave Dylan a one-on-one -on -one, uh, interview. 
this guy, again, just a flamboyant gay guy who decided to dress like a girl one day a year ago, got to sit down with the president. Um, but, and Dylan, Dylan doesn't like when people make fun of him. You know, that's, he can be out there making millions on TV all the time, selling products. But if you push back at all, Dylan doesn't like that. And he doesn't want you to just, you know, lay off. He wants you arrested. <laughs> Let's listen to Dylan's idea. And I want you to keep putting in mind. What do you think Democrats, I'm talking elected officials in Washington or in states, blue states, like like uh, Oregon and Washington and California, Massachusetts and Rhode Island. What do you think they will think of Dylan's idea? But uh, let's listen. Like the articles written about me using he pronouns and calling me a man over and over again. And I, I feel like that should be illegal. I, I don't know. That's that's just bad journalism. Journalism. <laughs> that should be illegal. Illegal to call a man a man. Now, again, a year ago, it would get you kicked off social media. Twitter banned people who called Rachel Levine or Dylan Mulvaney or Caitlyn Jenner a man, even though they're men. Uh, the truth was against the rules at Twitter. This clown wants it to be illegal. And now he's getting mocked on social media by everybody. But if you, if you pay attention, if you've been paying attention, there's some real radical stuff going on in state houses and hell in, the, in Congress. I mean, they had the Defense of Women's Sports Act, whatever it was called, uh, to keep boys out of girls sports, which is probably, you know, 85% of the public supports. Every single Democrat voted against it. Everyone in Washington state, they just passed a law that you, uh, that you could provide safe haven for kids who wanted sex change operations. They could leave like a state that doesn't allow that doesn't allow children to be castrated. And you could go to Washington state and they would protect you. And they wouldn't tell the parents, the parents had no right to know where their runaway child went. This, they're talking in Minnesota right now of making pedophiles a protected class. I'm not making this up. There are people who are out there making the case for minor attracted people to be lumped in with LBGDQ people and get legal protection. There's some sick, twisted, crazy extremist stuff going on in politics right now. I guarantee you, if today you put it to the vote in, the, in Congress, said, should it be illegal to misgender someone? I would say every Democrat, almost every Democrat, maybe every Democrat would say yes. It's, it's already illegal in Canada, by the way. Dylan, what, what he's proposing, it's already the law in Canada that if you call a man a man, a man who's pretending to be a woman, who's mocking women, you could get arrested. Yeah, well, just, Justin wants. Trudeau is a spineless word that will get you fired from ESPN. Right. He's, I'm telling you, there will be people, serious or semi-serious um, politicians who will say Dylan is right. Dylan has a point. It should be illegal to tell the truth, to call a man a man, a woman a woman. They want to make it a crime. It's the most Orwellian thing we've seen in this crazy Orwellian uh, phase this country's going through right now. Um, but there's good news. 
Um, the, uh, this is from the New York Post this morning. Uh, and it talks about Dylan going to Instagram to defend himself. Um, you know, Dylan, I mean, he's, he's, he is kicking ass. I really have to say reluctantly, I have to give him credit. He's making a fortune doing what? Just pretending to be a woman. But, uh, it says Bud Light's, uh, uh, controversial marketing resulted in declining demand with Bud Light trailing other light beers by 6% at bars and restaurants. Overall, Bud Light's volume declined by 34.7% at bars, restaurants, and other venues between April 2nd and April 15th, according to Beer Board. 35%. Bud Light, which was the most popular brand in in the country by far, is down 35% in two weeks. This is going to keep going. This is going to be devastating. The story mentions they're having these high-level meetings in Washington, D.C. with all these Anheuser-Busch uh, executives on how they can repair the damage. Expect to see more of Clydesdales and American flags and you know national anthems and, and snow-covered mountains. And, and veterans. And 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 uh, 9/11 veterans <laughs> and you know military uh, you know songs and they're going to go horseshoes so, they're going to do the full the full glee greenwood get ready cuz they are reeling it is working keep it up have yourself a yingling this weekend uh, but all right i got to shut up and get to Candace Owen um, again, if you're not familiar, Candace Owens, you know, obviously a big, uh, right-wing personality. She's with the daily wire. She's, uh, she's incredible when it comes to <sighs> revenge, when it comes to going after her enemies. I'm, I'm glad she's not an enemy. Hopefully she never, you know, <laughs> comes after me because this woman is scary. Um, Steven Crowder, again, he's a controversial figure. He was a popular podcaster. He left the blaze. He, he almost went to Daily Wire. That thing blew up when he recorded the Daily Wire guy in a con- private conversation. Uh, he returned with a deal with Rumble, I think, what, about a month ago? Was, was announced a big deal with Rumble. But he can... Just burn bridges, just burn people like nobody I think I've ever seen. It's amazing he's still viable because everybody who's worked with him hates him. I guess he made a smart move. He brought Nick DiPaolo in, in the, as, as a sidekick, and Nick's great, as we know. Poor Nick DiPaolo. Uh, uh, and, you know, how soon before Nick DiPaolo hates him, though? Nick DiPaolo's going to. Five off. seconds. He's going to hate him already, I bet. Yeah, maybe. And uh, so, so Ironhead's following us very closely and it's, but it's good. So one of his sidekicks, Dave Landau quit because he, uh, uh, Stephen Crowder treated him like crap. And Dave Landau did a podcast and he explained some of the stuff Crowder did. Mm -hmm. And I listened to that yesterday and I was like, boy, this guy is just a prick. I mean, he, he would find him if he showed up five minutes late he had a button on his desk or in the, on the console. And when he wanted Landau to shut up, he'd hit the button and Landau wasn't allowed to talk. That's a sidekick who's on the air with you for whatever, a couple hours a day. And he just treated him like crap. He told him he owned him 
when he complained about his contract. Just, he comes across as just such a piece of garbage. Anyway, I thought that was bad, Iron Head, after I listened to that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Then Candace Owen posts this podcast, and I thought, you know, she would go at him. She'd criticize him. This is something I've never heard before. This is a career ender. Candace Owen, Owens outlines how abusive Stephen Crowder was to his eight-month pregnant wife. Now, this is a few days after Stephen Crowder announced on his show that he was getting divorced. And that was pretty incredible, that, that video. Stephen Crowder on the video says it's his fault he picked wrong. That's what he says about his wife. And basically implied that if if it wasn't if it was legal, he would force her to stay with him. Yeah, yeah. And he went, yeah, blamed the, the divorce laws in Texas and said there's nothing he could do about it. She's leaving him. She um they just had twins. She was eight months pregnant in the video we're gonna look at. But um I can't even uh, I can't even uh, recount the 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 shots Candace Owens takes at him. Just the case she makes against him. I mean, it's it's devastating. That's the thing, though. I'm not sure. By the way, a lot of Stephen Crowder's fans are right-wingers. Yes. You know, like me, they don't generally uh, think highly of guys who abuse their pregnant wives. You know, that's that's a big, that's a real drawback when you're choosing your, uh, you know, your favorite right-wing pundits. A guy who abuses eight-month pregnant wife is a piece of shit. Let's be honest. Yep. I don't even know what the defense is going to be other than people who have said that's private. That's none of our business. What else do you say other than he's just not the guy we thought he was. He's a really bad guy. Terrible. He's going for like the, the, he wants his wife to be like a 1930s housewife. He's got, I don't know how many millions of dollars. He only has one car. And doesn't right. allow right. her to take it to the it's, grocery store. Good point. Here's, and obviously there's a lot wrong with this video. A lot wrong that Crowder has done. Two things stand out before we play a little bit of it. And I recommend you go listen to the whole thing this weekend. Um, uh, the, the defense is, it's his private life, leave that out of it. But he, again, he brings that in his own show. He talks about his divorce. He gives you his side. Candace Owens giving you another side. And he talked about his heart surgery. And boy, does she expose him here. Two things before we play it. One, he's mad at her because she wants to take the car to the store. And they have one car. They got a big mansion, you know, with a pool. But one car. And he tells her to take an Uber. She's eight months pregnant. And he doesn't want her taking the car to the store because that would leave him without a car. That's, I mean, that doesn't sound like a big thing, but just think how thoughtless that is, how selfish that is. And I would, I would a thousand percent agree with like, this is his home life. Don't, you know, we can't talk about it, but his whole character is built on home, home values, family values, all this stuff. And here he is yelling at an eight month pregnant woman and he's about to go do uh, an elective surgery, miss the birth of right. his, his kids because he cares so much. And I he talked him. about this surgery on his show and claimed it was a heart problem. He made a documentary. He, he goes into detail about it's like a life-saving heart procedure, which is why I had to miss the birth of his kids. She says 
and it's in, I, I think it's in the divorce filing mm-hmm. that it was elective surgery mm-hmm. and points out that it was some kind of cosmetic surgery because he didn't like the way his chest looked. His chest uh, was a, it was a kind of sunk in and he didn't it like it. Conclave or whatever yeah. they call it. So he wanted to repair that and make it more attractive. I mean, if you, if there's one takeaway is that this, this guy is the ultimate narcissist. He doesn't care about anybody else. It's amazing. He could find anybody to work for him or work with him. He sounds like such an a-hole, but those are the two things that he didn't want his eight month pregnant wife to take the car. Cause you know, he'd be stuck without a car and he missed the birth of his child for cosmetic surgery on his chest. <laughs> this guy's insane. Anyway, Let's play a little of it. And just, uh, again, I, I recommend you listen to the whole thing because I've never heard anything like it. Go ahead. So a bit of breaking news that just happened. And before we get to it, I just want to back up and tell you why we are discussing this breaking news, because it's occurred to me that there are some people out there who believe that to be a conservative, what it means is that we become tribal and we defend other conservatives, even when they do things that are wrong, that we don't discuss things that are horrible on our own side because we need to just make sure that we score wins in other ways. And that is wrong. That to me is the exact opposite of why I have this platform. I am not tribal. I want to expose things when they are bad on the left, and I will also expose things when they are bad on the right. Obviously, I have been interested in the Steven Crowder saga pertaining to his divorce because he literally inserted me into his divorce a couple of days ago. True. And his wife and family are now speaking out regarding that video in which he told people publicly that his wife was leaving him You remember this. He chose wrong and he essentially made it sound as if he did not want his marriage to end, but his wife simply wanted to leave. Well, she has responded by giving video and I want to prep you. I want you to know this is horrific video. It is very difficult to watch. It's especially difficult to watch because in this footage, she is eight months pregnant Um, And the video essentially reveals just how emotionally abusive he has been. And she is alleging that he has been emotionally abusive to her. And this video all but confirms it. So let's first get to the footage. I'm just going to allow you to watch it in its entirety. I drew a boundary. I drew a boundary. No, no, you just did did it. I drew a boundary and abusive is cruel. You were not taking the car. Because if you refuse to do wifely things, then I will go pick up the groceries. I have the groceries. Wifely. tell us. my grill. I know it's not a reasonable request, but I'll go do it. How about you first? Hillary, how do you respect the man? Yeah. I'm a man. I'm a man. I see the love of us. Respect. No, no. I don't mean man. No, you're not taking the bus. Stephen, you are not then taking a car. Stephen, you are not then I will ask someone to pick me up. Would you like me to ask? Hold on, right? It's not as Stephen. You're an Uber. Okay, Stephen, I can't. Feeling some constraints? Stephen, like, I can't Stephen. go. I, listen to me, listen to me. You want to walk out right now? Listen to me. I can't go to the gym. I can't go to my parents. I can't call my friends. I can't go. I can't be home. You're going to take the car and leave me here. Hillary, just think of how boxing you've made me. What do you need to pick Jesus up? I'll get it. I'll be back when I'm back. No, that doesn't work either. You'll be back when you're back. It doesn't work either. See, I, I, Do you understand the difference between one life being set to the second and you going to be back on back? The only way out of this is discipline respect. It's the only way out of it is we're at an impact. 
He is such an asshole. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're watching along, we got the trans uh, the 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 text of what he's saying, and it's just so vile. You know, the only way out of this is discipline and respect. He wants to discipline his eight-month pregnant wife. She's sitting there with her big belly, wanting to go to the store, and he doesn't want her to because then he couldn't go to the gym she's, or go see. Yeah, she's not. She's not so, uh, shopping for clothes. She's going to the grocery store to put food in the house for everyone in it. And and he's just sitting back on his on his deck or whatever on his on his porch furniture, like saying, uh, you know, my life my life has to be uh, whatever organized by the second and she's uh, inconveniencing him. It goes on for a while. He gets up and like chases her into the house. I would not be surprised if it escalated to it, much more than just it uh, did. He, when they went into the house, he said via text, which they had, uh, he said, I'm going to fuck you up to this woman. Oh, right. That's true. I'm going to fuck you up to his eight month pregnant wife who's carrying his twins right there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you don't get any lower. I mean, no. this guy is absolutely the, the worst. I don't see how he shows up Monday and does a podcast, posts it and talks about anything other than this, I guess, defending himself. He'll make up a, but, a story about how it's all bull crap or something. Right. It was, and, and there's a whole Substack post uh, on this uh by what's his name, uh, who started this thing, and then Candace picked up on it. Yasher Ali, yep. he's got a whole exclusive story where he's got the transcript of the uh, conversation from the camera. Again, it's personal, it's private, but this is what he talks about. He he portrays himself as something he is not. That's Candace Owens' point, and it just goes on. This thing's how long is it? A half an hour? Yeah. Oh, the the video of Stephen Crowder. No, the, uh, the, just the whole Candace. Oh, I think it's 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, take 20 minutes. If you want to see somebody get completely exposed and destroyed, it's over for this guy. And it she, couldn't happen to a better guy. The reason I it's, think, the reason it's so vicious though, is she hits him with facts and proof, not name calling, just he lays right. it out and it's, it, ugh, it's awful. For him. She's so like meticulous mm-hmm. and articulate. And she just says, this guy, he came after me and he accused me of blackmail. And she just said, oh, you want to do that? You want to go there? Let's do it. And she just destroys him and he will never recover. All right, we got to move. I guess we're not going to get to uh, the NFL draft, the Will Levis story. He'll get drafted today and everyone will say, you know, he's going to get his revenge. But it was kind of sad watching the Kentucky quarterback sit there for hours without getting drafted. Uh, I just was looking at some of the draft coverage. CBS News, their headline is historical draft. Three black quarterbacks taken in the first round. No, we got to take questions. We got a couple more minutes. I was putting it up. showing. (laughs) My fault, but we got to take some questions. I can't promise questions and comments every week and not deliver. Uh, Let's do Shea and then we'll do some questions. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade 
the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com. And while you're there, you can look for a job. Shea Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. All right, what do we got, Ironhead? Jerry, what have you been doing weeknights at 8 p.m.? Good question. I've been watching uh, Eric Bowling. I've been watching Newsmax. Newsmax has a great lineup. And I will say this. They are really reaping the benefits of the Tucker firing for two reasons. People are mad at Fox, so they're looking for an alternative. And they're talking about it. I mean... These guys are good anyway. Rob Schmidt at seven, bowling at eight, Jen Pellegrino, and, you know, my favorite, Greg Kelly at 10. They're covering the Tucker thing and covering it every night. New details, guests, while Fox is ignoring it. So not only are people bailing on Fox because they're mad, but they're not covering the big story. They're ignoring it. No mention of Tucker on Fox. So people turn to uh, Newsmax and their numbers are through the roof. Hopefully it keeps up because they get some really good shows. That's what I'm doing. Uh, Jerry, who is the ultimate scum of the earth? Blinken, Millie, or Mayorkas? I'd vote for Millie, but I have to say today, Steven Crowder. Steven Crowder is <laughs> the ultimate scum of the earth. It's not even close. Yeah, he's the fakest guy I've ever seen. I'm just, I hate him. Jerry, you th- do, do, uh, yeah, that's a good point, you know. I always said that in radio is you can't hide. People hear you four hours a day. They know you. They either like you or they hate you. It's hard to fake a persona, a personality. Well, Steven Crowder has done that for years, but it's over. We get to see the real Crowder. How he handles this, I guess, will be fascinating. But this is a guy who turned down $50 million from the Daily Wire. (laughs) And now... I can't imagine he can even make a living doing doing the show that he's been doing for years. And man, Daily Wire must be just breathing a sigh of relief that he turned them down. Because uh, I don't, I wouldn't want to be stuck with him and his all his issues, all his problems. Um, Jerry, do you think Tucker was banned because he gave airtime to Robert Kennedy? Good question. It's part of it, you know. Big Pharma hated him, just like you know, big, uh, big tech and the Pentagon. Really, really powerful people. Really dark forces wanted Tucker out, and they got him out. And Fox knew it was going to be a huge hit. They knew it would cost them uh, revenue. It would cost them viewers, ratings, and they did it anyway, which shows you how powerful how ominous these forces were. So someday maybe we'll know the whole truth. Oh, look at all these. Jerry, do you think Stern would do this from Robert? Uh, do you think Stern would, uh, would outdo Imus for selling out? <laughs> Good question. He's become Imus. 
Imus became this establishment tool late in his career, used by politicians. That's what uh, Stern is essentially. He's become Iris, Imus. Uh, Jerry, where is John Dennis? I don't know. It says he moved to Florida. Yes, I believe he lives in Florida, at least in the winter. He's laying low. He's off the grid, probably playing golf every day. Good for him. Uh, looks like Daily Wire dodged a bullet. Yes, I would say that's a good point. Have you noticed, this is from Navanglian. Have you noticed that deplatform is the new liberal cold word for censorship? Yes, I have. When AOC, one of the most powerful Democrats in the country, said deplatforming works. I got a little chill. I mean, it's one thing to support the deplatforming of your enemy. It's another thing to advocate it as a as a device, as a vehicle to get rid of your enemies, deplatform them. That is un-American. That is violating their uh, First Amendment rights, in my opinion. But uh, Jerry, what do you think about the Boston hosting the largest satanic convention? <laughs> I didn't know that. I'll have to check it out. It's no surprise, you know. This is uh, this is Liz Warren country. She's satanic. They probably, maybe she'll be the uh, keynote speaker, but uh, <laughs> we got to leave it there for today and for this week. What a wild week, Ironhead. This has been just the craziest week. Great week. And, uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, but we'll leave it there for today, for this week. Thank you to everyone for listening and for uh, commenting. You can check out the show if you want to watch it on Rumble over the weekend. We'll be on the Newsmax Rumble page. That's what they do with our uh, Friday shows. Um, you can uh, just go to Newsmax, whatever, rumble.com, Newsmax. Newsmax TV on Rumble, I do believe. Newsmax TV on Rumble, if you want to watch us over the weekend. But uh, that's it. Thanks, Iron Ed. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Cal- uh, Callahan Show. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you Monday morning. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.